This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of February 22nd, 2020. Does Dogfish Head really need a COO anymore? Boston Beer's revenues are truly something. Come see Sierra Nevada's Strange Beast. More attempts at Synthahall are being made. Scotty is displeased. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get into the news. And Dogfish Head Craft Brewery President and COO George Pastrana will exit the company on Friday, February 14th, which just happened. Uh, Boston Beer, which merged with uh, Milton, Delaware-based craft brewer last year, confirmed Pastrana's pending departure from the company. As he should have seen that writing on that wall a mile away. Look, as long as he didn't go into a pastrami company. I'm like, no, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't. No, get I want a Reuben. Aside, uh, the release today, Streetside has a Versed beer. It is a sausage beer. Okay. <laughs> Meant to taste like sausage. Apparently, it tastes is, just like sausage. Is it? Is it for bad pornos? <laughs> no. Okay. Anywho, uh, <laughs> uh, Boston Beer Director of Communications Jessica Parr told Brewbound in an email. Uh, Mariah and Sam Calgioni are thankful for George's contributions to Dogfish Head's, or Dogfish's journey over the last two years and wish him the very best for the future. Parr added that there are no other planned departures from the combined company's leadership team. Pastrana joined Dogfish Head in January 2018 as a direct report to Dogfish Head co-founder Sam Calgioni. At the time, Calgioni said Pastrana would serve as Dogfish Head's... Or dog, I keep wanting to say Dogfish's leader of our leaders with the company's vice president reporting to Pastrana. His role also included developing the company's strategic plans with Sam and Mariah Calgioni. Look, Jim Cook makes his role irrelevant. Yeah. Or whoever's actually in charge at Boston Beer. Jim's not in charge. Also, 2018, I mean, the guy's not really been there that long, but... He came in, so he signed the contracts, came in, and then looked at what was the... So what's on the books? What's coming up? And then he went, well, crap. <laughs> it's like, what's in the books? What are we going to be doing? And Sam's like, uh, nothing. We have no no big plans. Nothing that we need to tell you about yet. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe don't settle in yeah. your office. <laughs> don't hang up anything. Just, just a, we're just putting that out there. You know, don't, don't, don't repaint. I'm sure the colors will grow on you. <laughs> Uh, prior to joining Dogfish Head, Pastrana was an industry outsider. He spent six years as the chief marketing officer and VP of marketing and innovation for ACH Food Companies, whose for- portfolio of brands at the time included Mazzola, Fleischmann's Yeast, and Argo brands. Fleischmann's, okay. Yeah. Does yeah. Argo make I mean, flour or something? No, they uh, help people escape from uh, <laughs> uh, you know, embattled embassies. I walked right into that one. Uh, on July 16th, 2019, he signed an employment contract with Boston Beer. 
Pastrana's departure from the company comes about seven weeks after the completion of the integration of Boston Beer and Dogfish Head into one company, uh, which happened on January 1st, 2020. Parr wrote in the email, uh, the merger was officially completed July 3rd, 2019. <laughs> they have merged into Boston Head <laughs> Brewing. I was, trying to, I was trying to make yeah. that company name in my head. And I was like, no, no, it was Minnesota. Yeah, it's all just kind of weird. Um, in an interview with Brewbound in late January, during the opening of Sam Adams' branded taproom in downtown Boston, company founder Jim Cook said the initiative was building momentum, although he admitted there were likely never be complete alignment. According to Cook, when the process began, Boston Beer had about 400 wholesalers, while Dogfish had around, had around 180. Uh, yeah, and this is to kind of to line out their distribution network to kind of... Yeah, I mean, it's it's smart when you think about it but um according to cook boston beers reached alignment in several states in recent months including new jersey ohio georgia illinois colorado and delaware illinois and um thank you chris (laughs) when the two breweries reach 80 percent alignment cook estimated about one percent of the company's volume would be unaligned for those unaligned wholesalers cook said that the company will not be able to support them that that math doesn't work when (laughs) They've reached 80% alignment. There's 1% of the company that's not aligned. He's been drinking, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Leave Jim alone. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you have to respect the wholesaler's choice. If that's what they want to do, they're wholesalers, and we'll be happy to do business with them. But the business reality is that they're not going to get the time and attention would happen if it wasn't a consolidated wholesaler. Uh, so so yeah. they will be that was rounded a, up, that was a whole aspect of the, 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 the head. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying they'll be rounded up, taken out back, and shot in the head. Yeah. <laughs> See, due to some ducking I was hearing from my end, I thought you were saying something about the fountain head, and I went, "What?" <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <I was. laughs> uh, yeah, because Jim Cook and uh, Sam Gaugioni strike me as uh, avid and ran fans. Uh, <laughs> But no, the uh, uh, the whole uh, the 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 market breakdown, I guess, of stuff is uh, something I actually hadn't thought of when we were doing the whole. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, the, how their distro is going to work because you know you have some you know retailers that are like, hey, we're we're we buy from this company, you know, um, yeah, uh, whatever American beer or whatever is going to be our the main distributor. That's it's really similar to what the one that. Uh, uh, AB and Bev uses, but you know, they probably had different ones for different markets, and yeah. it's gonna be it probably take a long time to kind of straighten all that out. Hmm. I yeah. bet, I bet part of that is a nightmare to, yeah. um, yeah, that one percent that they're talking about that's other than just going, you know what, why don't we just get we like wiping it clean and starting over is the only way to do it. But uh, they have contracts in place that are just going to be terrible to negotiate and get out of to reset it all. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in that position. Yeah. Do you imagine though that uh, like this whole meeting, like this whole merger started when uh, uh, like Jim looks over, is like, yeah, we just started a hard seltzer, and Dogfish is like, look, I, we have no plans. I just to do can't. That. We have no plans to do that. I can't. I can't. I know it's going to be the next thing, and I'd like to get it on that 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 bandwagon, but I just we don't have the way to do it. Don't you? friend it was i think it was more of a discussion of i'd like to put my uh 
worldwide stout and some Utopias barrels. Well, the only way I can allow that is if you were part of the company. Oh. <laughs> it, no, I imagine... I, it, you guys never watched Mad Men, but there's a... Uh, spoilers, there's an episode later on where they merge with another company to pitch to one thing. Like, two small advertising agencies look at each other and go, look, why we, we really want this car company. We do, too. We're not big enough. Neither are we. <sighs> Yeah. So I guess that's how I imagine that whole thing goes down. I don't know which one of them is Don Draper in this. Um, Cal Joni. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Don Draper also has a has a drink in his hand at all times. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. But speaking of Boston beer. Speaking <laughs> of Boston beer, uh, yeah, it's a it's a real Boston beer heavy first start of this. Uh, Whoops. <laughs> Well, uh, Boston Beer has had a good fourth quarter as its uh, revenue has hit an all-time high during that uh, fourth quarter of, uh, pardon, $301.3 million. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, is that, uh, what is that thanks to? Uh, mo- they have a mostly truly port- hard seltzers. Okay, so it's a diverse portfolio. You never know. It's a diverse portfolio of truly hard seltzers. Uh, I mean, look at all the different cans they have in this picture here. They've got different colors denoting different flavors. Oh, and there was a story we we uh, ducked away from that was a new flavor of truly coming. Hmm. Right. However, this this uh, revenue influx is not all sunshine. The profits did take a hit because they have to send out third-party contract production because they can't make enough of this stuff because they couldn't they couldn't make enough of it as fast as popular as it's gotten because mm-hmm. they would have uh, to redo equipment because that was the other thing because it takes different equipment to make this than your regular brewing equipment so they can't just do a batch of boston lager and then clean the tanks and then be like hey and let's run a you know a batch of truly now no they can't do that yeah Right. Well, contract just comes in the higher costs, says Chief Financial Officer Frank Smala, uh, which he was saying during a call with investors and analysts. Boston Beer, whose brands beyond truly include Sam Adams, Dogfish Head, so weird to say, <laughs> Twisted Tea, and Angry Orchard, is working to increase the capacity of its breweries to accommodate the increased demand for truly, as well as a comprehensive program to transform our supply chain, which could last up to three years. Huh. Really? They need a program to transfer their supply chain. That there's some synergy between these stories. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, there will be a relatively high component uh, in Q1 that's going to contract at a higher cost that will negatively impact our gross margin. Oh, yeah, that's some sexy talk there. Mm, that's uh, gross he goes on to he goes on to say what you will see at the same time is also shipments which will outplace depletions. Oh, oh depletions. Word. Uh, because talk. we're building this up and we'll r- run into the middle of Q2, which is when we start decreasing the inventory again. Gotta build it up so you can send it out. <laughs> the hand uh, motions make it. It does. Uh, for for you audio uh, audio listeners, you know just from the way I said that, you know <laughs> what those how that worked. Yeah. Anyway, truly in Mark uh, Mark Anthony brands, I. I cannot 
help but think of uh, Anthony Brand. It's not Mark Antony, yeah, who yeah. was the singer, who sang songs. I can't think of one. Uh, nope. Anyway, Mark Ant- uh, Anthony Brand's White Claw were early entrants into the hard seltzer category, which topped $1.5 billion in uh, uh, off-premise sales last year. Uh, those brands are now facing increased competition after Anheuser-Busch uh, uh, InBev launched Bud Light Seltzers uh, with a high-profile marketing campaign in January. And Constellation Brands Corona Hard Seltzers expected to launch next month, backed by $40 million budget. Mm. <laughs> and Boston Beer CEO Dave Ber- uh, Berwick says, their first assault has happened. Uh when asking how the segment performed after Bud Light's rollout, uh, Burrick ticked off the declining market shares of Truly's competitors, while noting that Bud Light Seltzers already claimed about 10% share of the seltzer category. Uh, what we've had over the last six weeks, White Claw's share declined 9.4 points, and he added AB, MBEV's Bond and Vive uh, Spike Seltzer and Natural Light Seltzers, as well as a catch-all bucket of, sales, uh, of all other seltzers, each declined by a tenth of a point. So... You know, someone new came in, shook up their whole market share program. So it's uh, Look, it's getting the, a little getting a little messy. The Bon and Vive, I've I don't see that stuff hardly anymore. Like I mean, I remember I remember seeing it before, but I haven't gone looking for hard seltzers in a while because I, you know, yeah, don't drink it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they've got a whole bunch of other other products too that they're trying to work through I, I don't want to read through their whole their whole call yeah you do I mean I do don't, don't you lie to me I do but I don't want to read it out here on the show when we could t- be talking about uh, Sierra Nevada's uh, uh, sidestep the seltzer movement Sierra Nevada not uh, not gonna lay down on this whole seltzer thing they're just gonna try and get ahead of the next craze mm-hmm. and go with uh, the hard kombuchas. Sierra Nevada's new innovation arm, the Chico Fermentation Project, has announced its first release that what that Chico Fermentation Project. That that has to do with weed. It has to. Don't right. don't you lie to me. Strain eh, Strange Beast Hard Kombucha. Company's first ever Beyond Beer offering. I like that that's the category name. Beyond Beer. Beyond Beer. Not to be confused with Beyond Beef. <laughs> Wait, what? Beyond Burgers, you know. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I've been drinking kombucha for some time, and the team has done a fantastic job of coming up with really nice flavor and balance. Founder and President Ken Grossman said in a press release, Strange Beast's first flavor to market will be ginger, lemon, and hibiscus, which pours bright pink and checks in at 7% ABV. Strange Beast is also certified organic by the U.S. Uh, Department of Agriculture. Strange Beast will... Lo- I, I, I want to find a better way to say it. To <laughs> emphasize the way they've spelled this. Strange yeah, but... Beast will launch on draft in March in San Francisco, Sacramento, Santa Cruz, and San Diego in California. <laughs> uh, Portland in Oregon. Phoenix in Arizona. Asheville and Raleigh in North Carolina. Wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. Mm. How how could they find a way to get kombucha all the way to Asheville? Hmm. 
uh, Knoxville and Tennessee, Tampa and Florida. The brand will roll out in additional cities in May. So maybe we can have some, uh, you know what? I can't even say that. I don't want kombucha. There's a weird bit of bacteria in that, and it just looks... Especially if you get the ones with, like, all the, like, heavy seeds in it. You're like, am I a bird? Am I... Do I need to eat rocks to digest my food? It's like... Um, you gotta get it down into your gizzard, kind of. <laughs> grind it up. <laughs> Two additional flavors will follow after the draft launch. Blueberry, acai, and sweet basil, and passion fruit hops. And blood orange. Those are, those are two, two separate flavors. Yeah, I are... was picturing like the NBA draft instead of like a beer draft when you said that. Like they're like, oh, and oh, the draft coming up next, who is who is Sierra Nevada going to go with? Asahi. Asahi. <laughs> Drafting ingredients. I like that. Uh, that's that could be a thing. What, what, have, oh, what are man. they doing? We need, to, we need to talk to Casey. <laughs> so, how did Grossman feel about his company's first foray into the beyond beer world? Quote, as long as the product has providence and soul, I'm good with it. <laughs> he said in the release. Uh, like beer? I'd like to imagine he just drops a recording of uh, 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 Sam and Dave into the... <laughs> Like beer, uh, kombucha allows you to become an alchemist, morphing natural raw ingredients into something amazing to drink. I mean... I can see the alchemist part, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some there's some mercury in that. <laughs> Director of Technical Brewing and Innovation, Sean uh, Lavery, and his team worked with people at Oregon State University to develop a new... SCOBY, a uh, symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast for Strange Beast. We researched hundreds of cultures and brewed more than 50 batches to get the flavor just right. Livery said in the release, uh, the base of ginger, lemon, and hibiscus. Strange Beast is a blend of organic black tea and green tea. The tea flavor comes through as does a nice clean acidity. The all the flavors sound good, and I like tea. Well, that's but how like kombucha always is. It's, it's the kombucha. It's because it always has that kombucha taste. And yeah, it's like, ah. it tastes like a kombucha. You read the label, and you're like, that sounds delicious. And then you buy it, and you drink it, and you're like, that tastes awful. It's like that sounds delicious. Nope. I'm going to die now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I drank botulism. I regret I'm gonna everything. Grow a tree out of my ass. 2020 will also mark the first time in our history where our portfolio will move beyond producing only Sierra Nevada craft beers and uh, enter the mindful drinking space with our natural rollout of Sufferfest Brewing Company and Chico Fermentation Project's Strange Beast Hard Kombucha Brands. I, uh, I, all this, this bad mouthing we're having for kombucha means we need to do a kombucha episode. We do, and we, we all need one. to drink it. Yeah, I'm really to I, suffer together. It's gonna okay. We're gonna have to write that one. It's it's coming up. Put it put it on the list. It's on the list. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's already uh, on the but list. But uh, you know what? Before I go to the list, uh, I should probably talk about the next story. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I am next in the rundown, so it's time for more synthetic wine and spirits. And as if this article was written by us, it starts off with a quote from Jurassic Park. 
They they know what our dark hearts want. Your si- uh, it says to quote Jurassic Park's Dr. Ian e. Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. He was referring to cloning dinosaurs, but he could have easily been talking about booze made in the lab. I mean, they were roughly the same. Exactly. Pardon. Uh, a report by the San Francisco Chronicle Thursday starts uh, startup Endless West has unveiled a pair of molecular spirits meant to resemble Italian sparkling, sparkling wine and Japanese sake. Made not from grape or rice, but water, ethanol, and a flavor and flavoring molecules. The drinks can't legally be sold as wine or sake. Instead, uh, Gelmo, Gemello, Italian for twin. Their Moscato substitute is labeled a neutral spirit with carbonation, natural flavors, caramel color, and beta-carotene for color. If you have to say a neutral spirit with carbonation and then follow it with natural flavors, you have to stop and go, I don't think anything about this is natural. Exactly. If you have to say natural flavors, then it's not. Yeah, I mean, everything's a natural flavor. Red dye number two is found in nature, at least the ingredients that make it. Yeah. Uh, Endless West, I want to say Waltz because I've watched a lot of Gundam as a child. Uh, it was uh, uses a process of gas-liquid uh, chromatography common in the world of perfumes. Oh, good. Because <laughs> who doesn't love to drink ambergris? Mm. Oh, incentive. Uh, to analyze spirits, to give them a list of molecular ingredients to build a synthetic version in a laboratory. Uh, the startup hopes to use this technology one day uh, to allow for the recreation of rare, no longer produced spirits for mass consumption. Okay. Fine. But if we could do that to find the ingredients to actually make it, rather than going, I mean, look, we put so many parts of ethanol to get this to... That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, then again, Maybe stuff in the past didn't taste great. You don't say. <laughs> maybe maybe it wasn't really as much of a thing then. Maybe our taste buds have changed over time. Who knows? Maybe our palates have uh, evolved. I mean, maybe. While the new creations uh, may represent a step forward for boost sides, don't expect to be uh, a project to reverse engineer Screaming Eagles Cabernet Sauvignon or McKellen 1926 just yet. There's still some issues in the flavor department. Uh, a Vine Pair reviewer noted uh, that Glyph's uh, that Glyph Endless Walls Endless West's whiskey, which debuted in 2018, tastes like imitation vanilla, schoolyard wood chips, and rubbing alcohol. Yum. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I would expect. Which is you go well, I guess uh, chemically. Uh, that is the makeup of the drink. And they just say, just not. like Robert Oppenheimer, Endless West has opened a technological door that can't be closed. Nevertheless, maybe the old methods are still best. Do you imagine they were standing there when they poured their first, uh, poured their first glass of this stuff and went, "I have, I have become death, destroyer of taste, <laughs> destroyer of tongues." Better. That's Possibly. better. Um, it's just like the whole, hey, we can. We found out you can use uh, audio waves to, like... Age su- your beer. Super age or, uh, whiskey. whiskey. But then they're like, oh, but the effect is only temporary, and it tastes bad, actually, and... 
and you know it's it's a fun idea but really we shouldn't do this it's terrible who's investing in this metallica, metallica. oh yeah that makes all the sense we'll take their money it's okay <laughs> right. it's great <laughs> metallica wants to do this why well it's a bad business investment and uh it's gonna make a subpar product yeah that's that's metallica's brand anymore <laughs> and it makes them look pretentious <laughs> yeah yeah uh you know what let's let's talk about someone who has more say in their brand yes indeed do they, though? To some degree, i mean someone has a say in it <laughs> yeah centauri uh, has a say in it <laughs> So, uh, Maker's Mark, uh, of course, uh, of of Beam Suntory brands, uh, is now powering part of its Laredo, Kentucky operations through the Sun's Energy, thanks to 560 solar panels. The ground-mounted solar panel system, which the distiller installed through a partnership with Kentucky Utilities Company, will help provide electricity for security, lighting, offices, and barrel elevators at the rickhouse along State Route 52. Rickhouses store bourbon barrels for aging. Wow, they had to write that in there. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> not everyone not everyone is us. True, but I'm just like, uh, okay. Uh, Maker's Mark Managing Director Rob Samuels said sub- sustainability has been part of the business since its earliest days. Uh, being a thoughtful steward of our community and our environment has been a pillar of Maker's Mark since... My grandparents first started making our bourbon in Kentucky more than 60 years ago. <laughs> Sorry, I have to. No, surely not, no. <laughs> no one was, no alive, one was then. alive then. Well, look, it's a very Japanese thing to be one with your environment. Yes. Um, the ability of this solar array to offset our energy use, uh, use is a tangible example of our ever-increasing focus on environmental stewardship, and we're thrilled to see this meaningful effort come to life with our partners at KU, he said in a news release. I mean, honestly, uh, Maker's Mark was not the place I was thinking that we would see a uh, see something like this from. They, right. yeah, they've never struck me as the uh, environmentally conscious group. Yeah. Um. The so the the other interesting part here, so the KU Kentucky Utilities Company is a. Uh, said it constructed the array with its partner, Solar Alliance. The panels are expected to produce 268,000 kilowatt hours per year, enough to power 25 homes. So you're saying we could be powering my apartment on something other than coal, which just that sentence has me marked for death in this state. It does. (laughs) Yeah. From your bougie white tower. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right speaking of bougie i don't know bougie but bougie definitely i don't know so last time uh follow up on the story well we talked about the prosecco atm who there are problems uh, that have arisen with the prosecco atm who would have surely not no who could have foreseen this uh, in a recent attempt to get Londoners back to their bubbly uh, selves after the chilly, wet, dry January. You know, wet, dry January. The, the event, dry January. Not ah. a... Yeah. Uh, a wine bar in central London created an ATM-style machine 
that dispenses Prosecco to passersby. Vagabond Wines <laughs> runs eight wine bars in the city that sell over 100 wines by the glass uh, on tap. So for their latest act, they decided to set up an automated bubbles machine, ABM, just outside the doors of one bar. It's a novel twist on a classic wine service. The venue we took over used to be an old banking hall. Vagabond Wines uh, managing director Stephen Finch told Unfiltered, who was sourced, uh, we wanted to do something that referred to the banking history in a fun, lighthearted, and good-natured sort of way. While folks lined up to take selfies with the machine and enjoy an automatic five-ounce pour with their loaded Vagabond Wine cards, the process... Uh, I almost said prosecutor. <laughs> the Prosecco <laughs> Consortium back in Italy got word and prepared to pour cold water on the idea instead. Initially, Finch said the dispenser was labeled uh, Automated Prosecco Machine, but that sort of unorthodox packaging earned an error message according to the DOC's strict guidelines. The Prosecco police, hey, you can go check out uh, why that might have earned them that from our Prosecco episode. Uh, the Prosecco police, which uh, were referred to in the as the consortium, uh, very quickly and aggressively sent uh, sent them a cease and desist with all sorts of malicious threats. Jeez. Uh, so while that stuff's ongoing, they rebranded it to Automated Bubbles Machine instead of Automated Prosecco Machine. After two days, the ABM was also moved inside out of fear pedestrians looking to withdraw pounds might end up with a splash of Prosecco in their hands instead. <laughs> It won't give me money. It just keeps giving me Prosecco. <laughs> Finch said he plans to take on the Prosecco police and lead a campaign to change the law. Uh, that for the wine to be labeled as Prosecco, it must be sold in bottles. The ABM conducts its transactions from a keg inside the machine. Vagabond has had visitors come out of their way to use the gizmo. Yeah, if I was around London, I'd be like, no, I have to go find this thing. Yeah. Uh, so naturally, they plan on expanding the idea to not only the other locations, but all ATMs. <laughs> I mean, lofty goal. Make the world a better place. Just It just takes Leave the world idea. better than you found it. And if... It's like, man, oh, I just don't have enough money. What am I going to do? And I have some Prosecco, so I don't care. <laughs> So yeah, they have a they're starting a petition to try and get them out there. But go ahead and forget about that. But they just go they keep working, keep putting more of these uh, bubble machines out there. <laughs> Eventually, the world the world will be too drunk to care. Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> drunk men across America. Well, speaking of drunk men across America, I think we need to wrap this up. <laughs> to yeah. move on to actually more drinking. Uh, we'd like to remind everyone, this is our news-only show. But is we it? do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow or haveadrinkstore.com. Uh, we will see you again uh, in a couple weeks for the next episode. Once again, I'm Brittany D. Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We will see you guys next time. Bye.
hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>